0: This is Outspoken, the podcast that's not afraid to say exactly what you're thinking. Our names are Amy Kate and Sophie Torver. We're identical triplets, but we often don't have identical opinions. So sometimes things can get heated. Outspoken covers all things reality TV, influences, entertainment and issues facing women. That is so fetch. Thank you. Welcome to Outspoken. Now, I wanted to kick off today's episode by talking about TikTok's latest trend. So it's called the clean look. And I feel like we have been talking about this specific look for the last 10 years because it's a very enviable look that some people just manage to pull off. And I feel like for us three in particular, I always look grubby. I'm always being told I have stains (laughs) down my top that, you know, I've got food on my face. So I really admire those who can pull off this look. It is funny because when we do go out to meeting Sophie, I feel like you and I are in the car. We're trying to get cat fur off ourselves. We're trying to get makeup off your top. We are not doing the clean look well. I absolutely love publication, The Cult's Explanation of This Trend. So they say that the trend socializes in the same sort of circles as the models off duty and also the fresh face people. So it's typically worn by the that girl who we've spoken about before. And it exudes a main character energy. And I feel like this description couldn't get any more 2020. I what, love it. What does exudes a main character energy have mean? Have you not heard of a main character? No. So basically, it's this philosophy that with all these different social media platforms that we have, we can be the our own main character in our own lives. So you're either a main character or a behind-the-scenes character. So if you're someone who's really into yourself... Yeah you exude a main character vibe because all the drama's always happening to you. Is that is that a, full, a good enough explanation, Kate? Yeah, but I also think that everyone's the main character in their yeah. own life, but it's more <laughs> about embracing it and being a main character in other people's lives, I think. Well, just getting back to the trend, this look is typically worn by a person who has a very symmetrical face, great skin, and also who is styled by accessories in a way that look very effortless, expensive, and pristine. Now that usually is minimalistic gold jewelry, if we're going to be quite specific about it. So your Sarah and Sebastian type necklaces, Sophie, that you like wearing. (laughs) Well, apparently they also have a particular makeup look. So it's very dewy makeup. It's also makeup that is strategically placed to make it look like you're not wearing makeup. So it's Fluffy feathered eyebrows and very flushed cheeks. And oh, I love this makeup look, but I can't get away with what? it. I'm a matte makeup all the way. I'm sorry, I cannot stand the fluffy eyebrow look. Oh, I, I th- don't like that. But I mean I like the sort of glowy makeup trend. It cracks me up that the feathery eyebrow look is meant to be natural when it's the last thing I think of when I think of natural because it's so obvious that, that, you know, the lamination technique is far from natural. The best way to describe this look, I feel like, is, you know, when boys say, oh, I love a girl who doesn't wear any makeup. It's mm. what the girl actually looks like who does have very subtle makeup on. Do you know what, though? This trend has been taken up a notch because it's not just about your face. It's also about your whole vibe. So the look is framed by the Gen Z middle part. And also, hey, as you touched on, it's accessorized with minimalistic gold jewelry paired with neutral monochrome clothing. So there's a full vibe going on if you want to achieve this clean girl look. And basically, the queen of the clean girl look is Hayley Bieber. Do you know what? When you first said this clean look, because I had never heard about it until we started recording this podcast, I actually thought you were referring to, you know, when a guy looks really, really clean. It looks like he's just showered. I actually thought that was the look you meant, like you've stepped out. They well, it smell kind of good. is, but it's for girls. No, but I think it's underpinned by being effortless. So mm. you have, and you have to look this clean look all the time. So whenever you see a person, they always look like this. Mm. Well, it's not. You never see them in dirty clothes. So they don't look smelly. Well, this trend. No, but it's not about that. It's not about that. It's 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 more than just the clean in terms of hygiene. It's more of an aesthetic. Mm. You you wear certain clothes. You have a vibe about you. Well, this trend actually started earlier in the year when a TikTok user began asking the public if they looked musty or clean, and. As you can imagine, the trend ended up being a little bit problematic, but it's really picked up pace in recent months and been made more acceptable to want to pursue this trend. And someone who's described as an off-duty model, Eva Rankin, she replied to a comment that was left on her TikTok a couple of weeks ago that simply read, You look so clean. So in response to that comment, she put up a whole beauty tutorial that now has 1.3 million views to demonstrate how to get this look. And it involved a lot of beauty products, a lot of skincare products, a lot of work to look effortless. I think it's a lifestyle as well, because you have to put out a lot of money, I think, to get the right clean looking clothes. You then have to be on top of washing them. You have to be on top of ironing them. It's not easy. And I don't think I could ever adopt this look full time. Has it inspired anyone else to try and be a bit more clean? Like, I kind of want to get on it. Like, Sophie and I, we we had this joke that all of our hoodies had oil stains on it. And I had to teach Sophie <laughs> I mean, how to get off. The point. It's not about actually having clean clothes. I think you're missing no, no, the point completely. No, no, but it's completely. a start. Oh, well, there's, a a start. A, there's an element to being actually clean as well. Yeah. But, but it's so much more than that. It's so much more. I get that. it. But just starting from the basics. All if right, I Amy, mean, I'm going to give you a middle wait, part. Wait, but I'm saying if Sophie and i starting from the basics we just need to clean our clothes properly well yeah i think that would be like a number one hygiene <laughs> rule to have clean clothes like i don't i think you're really starting from the absolute bottom if that's your your aim
1: it's fucking fried Get a off there. Yeah. oh fuck me but- fuck the whole lot
0: of them up Last week, Sharon Orville threatened to deactivate her Instagram account over what she calls relentless bullying and harassment of her and her family. The Orville's matriarch refused to leave the platform quietly, though, giving trolls a final ultimatum. Now, Amy, before we get into all of the drama, for those who don't know, who is Sharon Orville? Well, I think Sharon Orville's best known for being Angry Dad's wife. So her husband, Mark Orville, rose to fame when his son, Mitch, shared his outrageous reactions to pranks he pulled on him. So Sharon's now an influencer in her own right. She's got 70,000 followers and she also has her own supplement company and is an ambassador for Bully Zero. Now, Soph, can you actually break down for us what occurred on Monday? Yeah, well, Sharon shared an 11-minute video on Instagram where she essentially said that she had had enough of the relentless bullying and harassment leveled at her and her family. She said she is leaving the platform to put her mental health and happiness first She explained that she had been bullied as a child and had only just finally come to a point in her life when she was feeling strong and good about herself. She also put Instagram on blast saying she doesn't want to be part of a platform that does nothing about bullying. Now, I think it's important to provide some context around these bullying allegations. Kate, can you tell us more about them? Well, the Orville's were once a much-loved influencer family. However, I think sentiment towards them really started to shift this year when their alleged anti-vax views came to light. And while I do think the criticism levelled at them for spreading this medical misinformation and flouting COVID rules, is valid. I feel like it's at a stage where it's all gone a little bit too far. I have noticed that every time the Orville's or Zeps do anything, they are highly criticized. And last week, one anonymous influencer watchdog account crossed the line majorly. So in a Q&A, they shared some unfounded and very personal rumors about the family that the Orville's deemed as disgusting, filthy, and a lie. They also called it defamatory. Now, we're not going to repeat what was said as we don't want to be a part of spreading this defamatory information. So as well as these anonymous influencer watchdog style Instagram pages, Sharon also named the Facebook gossip group Tea Time as a perpetrator for harassing her family. And it's really interesting because a couple of months ago, the admin of the group made an announcement that they were no longer going to discuss influencers in their group and stick just to celebrities. And it really makes you think what is going on behind the scenes within that group Now, getting back to this video, it sounded like Sharon has been talking to a lawyer because she made a lot of references to defamation and the liability Instagram and Facebook group account owners have for moderating comments. So she did speak a lot about the fact that her and her family's businesses have been affected. And if you want to find out a bit more about defamation, we're going to put a link in our show notes to the episode where we had renowned media lawyer, John Laxon talking about defamation. But basically in that episode, John explained that in order to successfully sue someone for defamation you have to be able to prove that you have been financially affected by the comments so I think these comments around business losses is very telling at the moment. Now this video on Sharon's page it took quite a twist didn't it Kate? Yeah I personally didn't see this coming because Sharon had spent a lot of the video talking about how she uses her platform to spread kindness and to help people with mental health issues and she also spoke about her work she does with Bully Zero. So despite all of this, though, Sharon gave a 24-hour ultimatum to the people she
1: deemed had bullied her. This is what she said. I've just got to the point where I don't think it's worth it for my mental health anymore. And unfortunately, I've made a decision that I'm no longer going to continue with Instagram. Um, what I would like to do, I have also decided that whilst I don't, advocate anybody reposting horrible comments that people are making. I've also decided that if you feel girls that it's okay to post these things and make these comments publicly in a group of 20,000 followers then you're obviously okay with me posting these things out into the public as well or you wouldn't be publicly posting these things. So I'm gonna give each and every one of you, I have screenshots going back through all of these groups of every single one of you, your Instagram handles, what you have said, the lies you have perpetuated, and the hurt that you are causing us and our businesses. I'm gonna give you 24 hours to send me a DM, to apologize to me and say that you understand how this can actually really hurt people. You know, people commit suicide because of mental anguish and torment caused by bullies. So after 24 hours,
0: Sharon followed through with the naming and shaming, but it wasn't actually directed at individuals. Rather, it was directed at anonymous influencer watchdog accounts, as well as Facebook gossip group Tea Time. Amongst the anonymous accounts were influencer goss and influencers in trouble, which have both deactivated their profiles. So Sharon also called out influencer updates AU, which really surprised me because this is the only page that isn't run by an anonymous person. And the account is literally based on providing influencers influencer style news. And I don't deem any of what influencer updates AU says as being defamatory in any way. She literally just says what has happened. She doesn't add her own personal thoughts to it. I feel like her updates are always a bit upbeat as well. It's nothing ever menacing or bullying of nature. It's just, as you say, a bit of fun, what these influencers have been up to. She doesn't put her own opinion across. I do wonder if Sharon named that page in particular, not due to the content that is shared, but the commentary that goes underneath the post because she did make a big point of talking about how the person that runs these accounts are liable for the comments posted underneath. Do you guys think it's a little bit hypocritical though to say that she doesn't like that people are calling her out, but then to go and call out accounts. Because, in regards to influencers update AU, I feel like it's quite personal because that's a one man band. Yeah, I think that's where Sharon lost me because I really felt for her and her family when she was talking about the personal toll this sort of relentless bullying had on her. Because, as I said before, I do think it's gone too far. She did sound very distressed. And the fact that she reminded people that a lot of her family members suffer with mental health issues, I just think it shows that the impact must be be Quite big on them. And I do want to flag we have been active in calling the Orville and Zepps out over their COVID views. But, but for me, that's calling out their action, not them as people. Mm. And I think it's really important to play the issue and not the person. And it seems like people have begun demonizing the Orville's and Zepps because of their COVID views. And it suddenly turned into a bit of a free for all and a pile on where they can't do anything right. And I think this has all been made worse with these anonymous influencer accounts popping up and posting whatever they say. Because I think there's a big difference between an account like Celeb Spellcheck, which you can tell is run by someone who has media experience and is intelligent, as opposed to some of these other accounts that appear to be run by teenagers who have no understanding of any of the legal ramifications Mm. for their content. And I do think that it's a lot different when you put your face and name to something because obviously we have a podcast where we talk about influencer behavior and if we could be anonymous and say whatever we like and without thinking that this is going to come back on us I'm sure we would talk quite differently about things but obviously when your face and name are to something you have to be careful of about what you say. It's so true because there is such a complete lack of accountability when your comments aren't put with your name because you feel like you can say whatever you want, that you are untouchable. And what we are finding is it is very difficult to sue people who. Remain anonymous online. Yeah, I totally agree. So I do feel for the Orvilles in that sense. However, as you said, Amy, it did seem very hypocritical when Sharon began threatening to name and shame people if they didn't apologize to her, because I feel like demanding an apology came across as a little bit childish. And it's not like you're going to get a genuine apology from doing that. Well, it's not really the apology she's after. It's more people admitting that they are in the wrong. Well, do you think that's also the case? Because a lot of those accounts, so the two accounts in question, ended up deactivating their accounts. Do you think it was a clever way for Sharon to get people to remove this defamatory content off the internet? Because everyone was probably scrambling, thinking, oh, shit, I better get rid of this because it's going to just be reposted. I definitely think so. And Sophie, you also mentioned about the fact that Sharon was using a few legal terms. I feel like she's gone to the lawyer and realised there's not really much basis to sue. So she's then using this legal jargon p- perhaps to scare people into removing the content as you suggested or even not the fact that she has no right to sue or no legal basis the fact that it's so expensive and such a Mm. lengthy process to actually undertake suing someone Mm. I did find it interesting how Sharon put Instagram on blast because to me it kind of seemed like she was biting the hand that feeds her and her family what did you guys think about that Yeah, I agree. I think it was a really bizarre move. Considering all the opportunities her family have been afforded through Instagram, it seemed like a bit of a dummy spit in some ways because Instagram wouldn't do what they wanted them to do. Well, just playing a devil's advocate here though, I do think that Instagram has to catch up to what's happening at the moment because there's so much trolling and bullying that happens on these platforms and they kind of just wash their hands of it a lot of the time and don't take much action You know, they get rid of likes and they do these things to pretend that they care about people's mental health, but not a lot seems to actually happen to help people. Well, they have brought in that button where if you block someone, it blocks all the accounts that they make up. But I wonder how successful that is. I suppose the issue is that she can block the people, but they can then keep making up these new anonymous accounts to spread hate about them. The thing that really confused me about this whole thing, though, is at the time of recording, Sharon's Instagram account is still there. She hasn't deactivated it, even though she's had quite a few goodbye messages. Someone said she's like John Farnham and just keeps having goodbyes. (laughs) What do you guys think about that? Because she started to backtrack. First, she said she was, you know, going off the platform for good because she doesn't believe in it. And then she sort of slipped in, oh, but you can find me on my business platform. And then suddenly her page is still there. Do you think she'll actually delete it? I think if she does delete it, it will only be for a couple of weeks until everyone sort of forgets that she left the platform. I do find it... A bit of a Sam Frost. Yeah, definitely. I find it fascinating, though, that this media attention towards the Orvils does seem to have damaged their brand financially. Yeah, she did keep throwing the word around that You know, she and her family have businesses that are being affected. And we did speak about in an episode a couple of months ago about how people were throwing their ZEP activewear in the bin. And Chloe hasn't been selling out of her stock like she used to do. It would be really hard for a lawyer, though, to look at that and say, okay, yep, that's definitely because. Of this information that this anonymous account has put out because it seems like a culmination of negativity around their COVID views Mm. and people no longer actually wanting to support influencers so much like they used to a couple of years. I mean at the end of the day you have to take accountability for their own views that you put out on Instagram and a lot of the backlash towards Chloe and her brand has been because of some of the comments she's been making online. And in regards to Zep it would also be brands that don't want to work with her and Mitchell and align themselves with those sort of views that they have allegedly been putting out there. I mean, we work in PR and if a client was to approach us saying that they wanted to align with them, I'd be saying steer clear of them for a very long time. I do feel like there could be a redemption story in all of this though, because people did love Chloe and Mitch and the Orville family. They were kind of like Australia's influencer royalty. And I could see them coming back. I could see once everything's sort of settled down in Australia and tensions aren't so high around the pandemic that they may be able to reinvent themselves. I have noticed that Chloe and Mitch have been really quiet on their Instagram as well, and I think that might be strategic. Well, because every time they post something, there's an issue with it. I feel like that's why they're not posting as much anymore. They post a lot about Artie though. I think that Artie is their key to get back into favour and possibly if Chloe has another pregnancy, people may jump back on board the Orville and Zep train. Princess Royal does not eat grapes. Strawberries? No. Huey? No. Orange? No. Guava? No. Lychee? No. pomegranate, No. Passion fruit? No. Grapefruit? No. Pear? No. gooseberries, No. Blackberries? No. Bellum? No. Mango? No. Peach? No. Pineapple? No. Apple? Yes. Chrissy Teigen has been labelled tone deaf after she and husband, John Legend, hosted a Squid Game theme party. Now, Amy, tell us more about this party. Well, Chrissy hired award-winning event planner, Wife of the Party, who transformed her home into the set of Squid Game. So there were bunk beds, a maze, staircase and even a piggy bank stuffed with cash. So some of the famous faces who were at the party included Pretty Little Liar star Shane Mitchell and Jesse Tyler Ferguson. And there was no expense spared all the guests were served honeycomb toffee treats reminiscent of one of the iconic challenges shown in the Netflix show. Now this doesn't this sounds like quite a cool party. I don't understand why it was being labeled as tone deaf. Well, a lot of people said the party was tone deaf because it was a lot of rich people in LA who were holding this party when actually the characters in the show Squid Game are people who are poor, who are literally risking their life to try and win the game. So Chrissy went on Instagram and she shared a couple of snaps of the party and she wrote, Where do I even begin? What an absolutely epic night. My dreams came true of watching my friends fight to the death. So one follower was quick to call out the mother of two. She wrote, I'm sorry. Rich people are literally so tone deaf. Another wrote, Squid Game was literally about the people whose lives were so awful because of being poor that they'd rather play a game of literal life or death to escape going back to poverty. And Chrissy Teigen is really reenacting it in her mansion. I think that's a bit of a stretch. I'm sorry. I disagree with those comments. It's a hugely popular television show. People have been known to dress up as characters from TV shows of all different walks of life. I think the fact that Chrissy is such a divisive figure is why people are having an issue with this. It's exactly right because Chrissy has been called out in the past for being tone deaf when it comes to displaying her wealth. So earlier this year, Chrissy took to Twitter to joke about the time she and her husband, John Legend, accidentally ordered a $13,000 bottle of wine and it didn't land well with Twitter followers was... Everybody believed it was extremely tone deaf of her to share such information online, especially when people were struggling, losing their livelihoods during the pandemic. I mean, I can understand people being a bit more outraged about that, but I think that we're kind of clutching at straws when we're criticizing someone for having a squid game themed party at their house. Hello, guys, and welcome to Till Vacuum Do Us Part. So here in Oklahoma, we had some very rainy days, and so it just inspired me to do a very like satisfying and relaxing clean with me so on the weekend i unwittingly delved into the world of clean with me videos with a christmas twist now in the videos women cleaned their homes and then set up their christmas decorations And at the time, I was being really lazy, so I just let the video roll. So within no time, I had watched a woman pack away her Halloween decorations in her kitchen in double time and then clean the dishes, wipe down the benchtop, clean the coffee machine and organize drawers. Then it was time for her to set up the Christmas decorations. Now, I could not believe I sat and watched this for like 40 minutes and I was captivated. It was very entertaining. Can you, Sophie, explain to people who haven't seen them what clean with me videos actually are? Well, Clean With Me is a small but popular genre of YouTube videos featuring mummy bloggers and lifestyle influencers. And the videos almost exclusively feature women, often mums, completing the most mundane household tasks that most of us do every week. So the vision is usually sped up on double and triple play and features voiceovers from the women providing motivation, tips, Product endorsements and also self deprecating comments about the state of their houses, which we can all relate to. And I feel like what people love about the videos is they have just enough of that personal and voyeuristic touch that lifestyle vlogging also has. And as you said, Kate, I'm hooked on these videos. I find them so therapeutic to watch. Yeah. And when you do watch these, you notice that there's a bit of a defining feature when it comes to the women who appear in this style of YouTube video. So, The first feature is that they always live in a mansion with a grey coloured L-shaped couch. Like you could literally bet your bottom dollar they have this type of couch. Secondly, they're usually American and are the typical housewife with traditional values. However, there's always a little bit of a twist because while they have chosen to stay home with their kids, they still contribute financially to the household via a side hustle or monetising their YouTube account. Now, so in most cases, the women are young and attractive and the key to the success of these type of influences is authenticity. So they have to be honest with their struggles and have to have a lot of sentences starting with, I love being a mum, but... That's the thing. It would be quite difficult. Well, I'd find it quite difficult to put out the before shot of my house. I mean, for instance, I was sending you on Snapchat the other day, the after of how much I'd cleaned my room and how beautiful it looked. But even to you, I felt ashamed to send you the reality of what the room looked like before. Yeah, exactly right. And while authenticity is important, there really is an element of a bit of gaslighting and creating a bit of an illusion because you can tell that the woman are trying to dress down. They're trying to do, I suppose, that clean look that we were talking about before where they're you know, they're wearing designer activewear and they've got a full face of makeup when they clean. However, they are cleaning, so they can't be wearing a ball gown. Well, because it's got that aspirational element as well to it then, because you want to aspire to have a beautiful house like these women, but then they also feel like your friend because as you said, there's that self-deprecating element involved as well. Yeah, exactly. That perfect friend, I suppose. Another common feature I've noticed is a lot of these women's husbands don't appear in the video. And if they are in the video, they're very much in the background. And usually they have jobs like working in the military or real estate, which seems to be a common theme. Now, this is very enticing because you can make quite a bit of money off cleaning your house. Kate, can you tell us about some of the influencers who have made a living out of it? Yeah, well, one of those women is 31-year-old mom, Jessica Tull, and she has 525,000 subscribers on YouTube and 53,700 on Instagram. Now, Jessica launched her YouTube back in 2011 as a way to make friends during a lonely time at home with her kids, and she actually opened up that she was in a very toxic marriage at the time. Now, her ex-husband actually mocked her for launching this YouTube channel and said that there was no way she could make money out of cleaning up her house on YouTube. So thankfully she ignored him and now she is divorced and makes a six figure salary. And she said she works more than 40 hours a week running the creative side of the business, including filming and editing the videos. She also has a manager who handles the business end of running a YouTube channel. Now, despite her success, Jessica actually avoids telling people what she does for a living because she fears being judged. And I suppose that probably stems from her husband's behavior at the start. Hmm. She said, it's the kind of career that people don't take seriously. People underestimate me when I tell them what I do. It's like all you do is clean your house. I can't, it can't be that hard. They don't say that, but I get the vibe from them. I do have a bit of sympathy in regards to this because I feel like there's so many modern jobs that are difficult to explain to the average person. Yeah. Well, I feel like this genre of YouTube is pretty specific. And a lot of people might think, well, what is the appeal of watching people clean? It's kind of like watching paint dry. So can you tell us what the appeal is to these videos? Well, they're actually supposed to trigger an ASMR response, which is when you get a tingly feeling of well-being in your scalp that runs down your back. So the cleaning videos have also been compared to pimple popping videos in that they are so viscerally satisfying to watch. And some followers say that they watch the clean with me videos while they relax on the couch in the hope that it'll motivate them to clean their own house. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny though, because you end up watching it and you kind of feel like you've cleaned up and then you feel a little bit upset when you look around and it's not clean it's kind of like the mukbang videos because you almost feel like you're enjoying eating something but you haven't eaten anything yeah well apparently it does make people feel less anxious about their messy house and it takes the pressure off because they are seeing these aspirational women showing the bad side of their house so they obviously show the before of it being really messy And I do think another thing I really like about these videos is usually these cleaning jobs are traditionally left for women to do in silence and they can be very isolating and they're not very exciting. So I do think it's cool that this work that is usually derided is actually getting a moment in the spotlight. I think that's such a great point, though. There is some criticism, though, in the fact that these videos are sped up and it makes it look like the work is really quick and easy and rewarding when cleaning can obviously be a very unpleasant and arduous task. Yeah, it also does make me wonder about how this pursuit of ongoing perfection actually affects the influences themselves, because I feel like it would be quite overwhelming to always have this expectation that you were going to firstly clean everything in the house and secondly, always have a perfect looking house. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for joining us again. And if you did like the show, please rate and review. And if you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can join us in our Facebook community, which is Outspoken, the podcast community, or follow us on Instagram at Outspoken, underscore the underscore podcast.